This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. What's in a name? Plenty when you're an entrepreneur starting up a new business, says Tayeb Kamali, who recalls the struggle to convince others in the early days of the higher colleges of technology that the United Arab Emirates' new government-sponsored university needed a name that would be associated with leading-edge education in the Arab region. However, as HCT's Abu Dhabi-based vice-chancellor explains in an interview with Knowledge at Wharton, that particular challenge was short-lived given the rapid recognition in academia and industry of the growing importance that the Internet and other technologies have in developing future generations of global business leaders. Uh, Tayab, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having uh, me here with you, and uh, it's nice to have you with us here in the Higher College of Technology in, in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, to, to begin with, I wonder if you can put the foundation of the Higher Colleges of Technology in its historic context. Uh, what was the situation that led to its founding, as you explained in your essay hmm. on the evolution of HCT? Well, as you probably uh, saw in the material, uh, the whole idea began uh, when the country looked at the need of the workforce. Mm. And at a time, uh, what we were producing as graduates were primarily in the traditional fields. And the experience uh, that was needed for where the technology was going and where the society as a whole was evolving toward we needed a new breed of graduates, uh, graduates that would um, be very proactive with the changes that were coming so fast. If you think back, this was late 80s, and you think about you know, when the internet came, and you think about all the uh, tools that are now available to us, uh, it was uh, very little then, and it was pre-internet. And we saw it very clearly that we have to start embarking on a journey uh, that will give us uh, a group that are hands-on and can become leaders of tomorrow. We were very particular from the start that the programs that we were going to offer would be based on exactly what the industry required to a point that we, even from as early as 89, 90, we established small committees for every discipline from the industry and we asked them tell us about the work environment what is it you need Mm -hmm. and it was based on the strong foundation uh, of input from different players that we were able to set up the higher college technology we started with four campuses 200 plus students when the name of higher colleges of technology was out it was very natural that people thought that this is a technical school for those who don't make it to university they will go to higher college of technology. The name kind of didn't make sense to many people then. Right. And, of course, today it's a well-known name. And soon enough, uh, Sheikh Nahyan, the chancellor and the founding chancellor of the higher colleges, and as I'm sure you know that it is the vision that he had for, for a concept that he strongly believed in, um, we were so successful... Um, at the very beginning, not in terms of the numbers of students we've had, but we were very successful that from the level of the chancellor all the way down to the teacher, everybody was involved uh, uh, 
in every aspect of the uh, higher colleges operation. And, um, and that meant little things, which not, is not little thing anymore, uh, getting the admission cycle right, little things uh, like the ambience of learning, the classrooms, the books, the material. Um, usually you have committees uh, and subcommittees. In the early days, we were it, the, right. the, the, the entire committee. Uh, right. In fact, one of the things that people still have a hard time believing uh, when, we, when we reflect on, that the Chancellor himself in the early days would receive the admission list and he would go through them and uh, for every hundred names, 30 names would come back mm. and people would, uh, were, were puzzled. Mm. When I say people, I mean uh, those who worked for him in the higher colleges, including myself. They said, we want more students. Mm. And um, his line was always that you don't need more students you need quality students, mm. not more students. Mm. And uh, for a new entity that came in, in 1988, uh, that was quite refreshing, but yet it was very puzzling to the audience that were uh, out there. So we have a lot to be proud of when we look on the concept itself. In, in some ways, you were like the typical entrepreneurial startup. Yeah. What would you say were some of the key challenges you, you faced as you tried to scale up? your operation and how did you tackle those problems? I think the, 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 the mission and the vision we have for higher colleges is to, um, to provide a learning ambience that is very much technology driven. In other words, we wanted to take full advantage of whatever technology was available to us. We found early on that we can't have enough budgets or, or even resources um, to equip our laboratories or our classrooms or um, with the material that uh, that's necessary. Uh, we realize that we have to be entrepreneurial in our uh, way of doing things and also innovative. So one of the things that we started to do, as I was saying, is uh, connecting with the industry and then setting up advisory committees were just the beginning of the entrepreneurial flavor uh, of the, the roadmap that we were going toward. Um, through that contact, we started to establish links with the uh, major technology entities, whether it was at the Boeing of this world when we were setting up the, uh, the aircraft engineering technology or United Technologies or, uh, or the, 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 uh, the Lucent technology then. And the more we got closer to the industry and we started to interact with them, we started to also become uh, much more uh, up-to-date with what's coming, not today, what's coming tomorrow. Um, in, just to give an example, um, we, in the, in the mid-90s, uh, I remember because we had Lucent next door in the, at CERT, and I'll talk about the Lucent part in, in a minute, but uh, the idea of wireless networking, I'm sure... Uh, in the mid-90s, you know, when it, when it was first talked about, it, it wasn't really known that much. But you would find in the higher colleges of technology, a couple of buildings are networked wirelessly. And it's all because Lucent was the two uh, uh, founding members of CERT Technology Park. Uh, so when, when we were looking at ways to engage with the industry, the first thing we did, we said, let's create an area for them. Little we knew what technology parks were. This is early 90s. And, uh, but we had Westinghouse, 
and lucent technology in the backyard of the higher colleges where you saw yesterday. And when visitors would come and they would see Lucent and Westinghouse and their team operating, they would say, what are they doing here? Uh, you know, you know they, they thought that they are invading our privacy of, of the learning. But that was the beginning of how we became very entrepreneurial in our efforts. And through that skills, we were able to provide the skills to others who needed it. Mm. So we knew, for example, how uh, we could train people on... Uh, uh, upgrading their skill in networking and sure enough we would start uh, generating revenue from that link we have with Lucent or with Westinghouse and others to follow um, and then we realized afterwards that the the concept itself it cannot be just a technology park we wanted to create corporate universities that's entrepreneurial by its own nature because you know you're when you think of Sir Talis Institute um, and, and what that means for, uh, for the community and for the entrepreneurial aspect. When we set up uh, our uh, master program, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do is um, make sure that the program is set in, in the highest quality, but then we wanted to be taught with the best uh, that's out there. So we, we brought back uh, individuals uh, from... Uh, universities uh, like MIT, Stanford and Harvard and soon we'll have Wharton joining us uh, and on the faculty but that's the level that we always worked at uh, as, as young of an institution we are we have always raised the bar there was no, no uh, uh, sort of a slowing down in, in us just keep challenging our students to, to be more uh, sort of uh, in, uh, stronger in their beliefs and their ideas and, and, and be confident. If you look at our learning outcome, which is there are eight components in there, and in each course that you take, we expect that you, you, you pick up leadership qualities, technical qualities, even sustainable development was added last year when we had uh, uh, the Nobel laureate uh, Pachauri address us. As soon as he addressed us in August 31st last year, and uh, the next day the Chancellor asked us to add the sustainable development aspect to our learning outcome. I mean, that's how, we, we, how proactive we are. Uh, so there's a lot of um, challenges that we can think back in the old days. One of the things that we, we, we always uh, were uh, very conscious of is that when you want quality uh, learning ambience, it is expensive. Therefore, we counted uh, uh, on the support of industries beyond what the government budget is. CERT played a major role in filling the gap wherever we had resource issue or technical issue or know-how issue. Uh, CERT would come in and fill that gap. It didn't have people uh, on, 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 uh, in-house. However, the, 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 the partnership that we have created uh, through CERT allowed us to uh, connect with everyone. Speaking of challenges, uh, what is the biggest leadership challenge you have faced in developing HCT as well as CERT? How did you overcome that challenge and what did you learn from it? I think, you know, uh, the leadership is challenges. Every time you're doing something new, you, you, you have very few people to, to support you. Uh, you know, but uh, if, you, if you're fortunate enough 
to have uh, the, the leadership that is responsible for the entity believe in uh, what you have to offer, uh, then it will, it, will, uh, it will be done. Uh, things will happen. Uh, for me, I, I think uh, uh, I've always um, felt that um, the, we were always ahead of our time. Some of our projects, for example, um, I tell you just to show you, you know, uh, the things that CERT was trying to do. I spent three years from 96 to 99 setting up CERT. And those three years were really tough years, but very innovative in, in the way we were going at it. We would knock every door to uh, provide services. We would knock every door to provide support for the higher colleges. And um, we found that people didn't understand what is the, the, this component that is uh, connected to higher colleges. But the, 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 the interesting part was that it wasn't the outside the higher colleges, the inside of the higher colleges didn't understand what CERT was for the first few years, uh, with the exception, of course, of, of Sheikh Nahyan, whom immediately, after only being five years old as an institution, higher college technology was only five years old, when Sheikh Nahyan said, we need something like CERT. And if you, if you reflect now, you think that uh, someone uh, at his level saw the need 20 years ahead of where we are there. So, so we were fortunate in that, in that sense. But from the leadership that followed in terms of trying to make sure uh, that we get things done, uh, it was just getting the message across that if you want to stay ahead and you want to be special in what you deliver, uh, you have to uh, embark on uh, a, a way of learning that changes all the time, that you have to be adaptive, and more important, you have to be innovative. So for us, these three uh, concepts were always in, 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 in our way, uh, uh, and, and not everywhere we knocked, the answer was so welcoming. What's your vision for where HCT and CERT will go, not just for Abu Dhabi and the UAE, but for this region as a whole? Well, I, 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 am, I may be seen as biased, but I always say that the higher colleges of technology has a unique model for the world. If you, the more you visit, I know this is your first visit, the more you visit and you understand what is it we are offering, um, it is really a combination of the, what you'll find in a traditional uh, university with rugged theory base and, uh, and the technical side that is based on the hands-on that is easy to, to adapt and learn. So I, I feel that this model of the world can uh, be uh, exported everywhere. And... Uh, in terms of where, where I'd like to see higher colleges go, I think the signs are coming now where uh, we are finding that this unique model of higher colleges um, would also serve other communities outside UAE. And as you know, we, we spoke yesterday about you know, where we are discussing with a group in India and in Bangalore uh, where they like the health science program. A few days ago, we had a group from uh, Egypt that were here and they wanted to see how we could have a campus of higher colleges uh, in Egypt. And uh, there was uh, now more and more, every few uh, weeks, uh, we are hearing uh, some good responses to uh, what our model uh, would, would uh, be seen outside UAE. So I think for us, where the future is, uh, we like to think that uh, you know, we want to take the higher colleges 
to as many locations as possible because I think those who were behind it worked very hard and continue to work very hard to uh, to make it something that can work in any society. The medium of instruction is in English and you can see that that can go as uh, in any community it can be delivered but uh, uh, now uh, we are also looking from the third side is that to, for in order for us to to be in these places cert has to be there because it allows that entrepreneurial uh, push that it needs you can't just create campuses uh, if you send just academicians to go and uh, set up campuses they probably will not have all the financial things and entrepreneurial aspect there and hence cert is always necessary to be there so we like to see also cert go in different ways but one thing i would say on cert side also to since uh, I'm very close to it is that this year we are uh, reviewing our uh, structure our goals our mission at cert and uh, there's a major consulting firm that is working with us and uh, what we wanted also to be see to, to for it to become a global company that can also go anywhere and it can just sustain itself beyond our time beyond uh, so it doesn't fade away when we are not in education or we're, we're retired or whatever so what we are doing exactly now is to make sure that cert becomes a, a, a company uh, whether it will go uh, public or whether it will be private placed all of that it will continue in its uh, goals and objectives one last question how do you define success I think, you know, everybody has a definition uh, of success. I think for me, um, I always say that um, is, is how do I know whether I am uh, successful in, in every hour of the day or every uh, uh, given day? I have a very small test. I don't know whether I'm successful or not, but I know one thing for sure. Every day when I go home, I know if we have a productive day. And if I had a productive day, and not all days are the same, the days are not. Uh, for me, I think, as long as you feel, you have an inner feeling that you have made a difference during the course of the day in, in, in different areas, I think you can feel that you're, you're making success. It's not just a, a definition of numbers and results that I have generated this revenue or I have added this. Because as you know, in education, we are not about profits. We are not about... We are about generations that, that will follow. So for me personally, I have always said that if I go home every day that I know um, that things... Uh, that I feel good about what the day looked like and there is a catch to this. And the following day, if I'm looking forward to get to work, then I know that I am on China. I tell... Well, not to my friends that are with me and I call them my friends and their old colleagues. I said that you know, when you're working in education or any field, not every day will be fun. And not every day you will be in the greatest mood. And if you are uh, in a job and you may have a day where you, you feel like you've had it all and you want to quit, and, and you go and the next day uh, you have the same feeling. And I always say that if three days you have the same feeling, it's time to move on to something else. So that's part of also my success measurement that I know. I've had a couple of two days in a row, not three days in a row. <laughs> so it's been a close call. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you so much for speaking with us today. No, thank you, uh, Mokul, for taking the time to be with us here. And I'm so glad that you made your first trip to United Emirates and beginning of many more trips.
Thank you. Thank you again. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.